This is the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. This episode contains a sermon from September 25th by Brother Todd Burgess, titled Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. If you have your Bibles, let's open up to Matthew chapter 5. And we're going to be in verses 14 through 16 here this morning. And what we're looking at here this morning is the second similitude. And, or it's another word, what way it can be expressed is a, a natural expression of what, should be, what, what people should see in us, okay? And so we should be, as you see here, we should be like light. And so Jesus is using an expression that he's later going to refer to himself as the light of the world. And so I'm, we're going to ask the same questions we did about salt, you know. Uh, the first one, you know, what does light do? And if you think about light, what is it, what is it? yes, it's bright, it does all these things, but what does it do? We, we, we find out that lighters, light takes things that are invisible and makes them visible again. Otherwise, when things are dark, you can't see what's in front of you. You add light, all of a sudden, these things all become visible now. It allows us to see something's true form and its true color. You ever notice that? When, when, as things get dimmer, what happens? We can't see colors. And the colors turn to grays and eventually just they all blend together. And so we're, we're able to distinguish if something is pure and clean and virtuous or if it's ugly, dirty, and detestable. And so when we look at the word of God here and in verse 14 it says you are the light of the world a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid and so the first thing we have to look at when we we see here is that you are the light and so that's the truth of about light the truth about light and so light here as referred to in scripture is, is a dispenser of moral and spiritual light And that's what we are as disciples of Christ. We are the ones that reveal the true morality in this world based upon the word of God. And so the first first truth that Jesus teaches is that light helps us to avoid stumbling. Otherwise, light is our guide. It guides us. In John 11, 9 through 10, it says, Jesus answered, Are there not 12 hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in night, he stumbles, because there is no light in him. And see, Jesus here is clearly teaching an obvious truth that light allows us to move through life without stumbling, without falling, being tripped up. Yet the world stumbles And what it does and what it says, because God's light is not in them. And so, again, light is our guide. Psalm 119 and verse 105 should be a a familiar verse. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That's why it's so important that we are to take God's word and hide it in our heart. Now, that's more than just memorizing it. That's hiding God's word in our heart. Otherwise, applying what God's word says in our lives. See, for Christians who stumble around trying to know God's will, God's way, it reveals something about them. 
It reveals that they aren't spending the necessary time in the Word of God. They may be reading the Word of God. They may be memorizing the Scriptures, but they're not applying its truths in their lives. That's how you hide God's word in your heart when you begin to apply its truth. And when its truth says something that you're saying or doing is not right, you don't, eh, eh, yes, Lord, and you change. See, that's hiding God's word in your heart, not just memorizing it. And so we have to understand this. 2 Peter 1, 19 and 21, it says, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that ye should heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place unto the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. Now, right there in verse 19, we see a clear truth. This is talking about a person that focuses upon God's word as their primary guidance in life. We take heed to what it says, and, and, and we study it, and we learn it, until it is a part of our heart, if it is a part of who we are. It's our primary focus. As we read on in verse 20 of 2 Peter 1, Knowing this first, that no property of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. I once came across an individual who said, well, God told me this, and, but, you know, I was still reading his word and, and things like that, and all, but, you know, I, I have to pray see if God wants me to share it with you. I go, really? Okay. The Bible here says that Scripture is of, is not, there's no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. See, for the prophecy came not of old time by the will of men, but by, but by holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Scriptures, moved by the Holy Ghost. See, God chose those who, are to be, who were committed to him as seen by their dedication to the Word of God, as it exemplified in their lives. And so what we have to look at this is, folks, when we study, when you study and learn Scripture, you learn Scripture so you can share it with others. There's no secrecy about it, folks. Doing a Bible study in the book of Daniel up on Wednesday, and I said, well, I have all my notes right there on the screen, and well, that's showing show everybody, you know. That's fine. That's what they wanted. Then I told them, well, I'm going to be reading what you're reading. That's fine. But everything I got is right there. There's no secrecy about God's Word. There's no secret. I, I know this, and God, you know. Only time I see that in Scripture is when someone like the Apostle Paul having his visions of God, and God said, no, withhold that. Or to Daniel, no, don't, don't let that go out. And as far as I know, none of those people were like Paul, who was an apostle of God, or like Daniel, who was a prophet of God. See, when we learn scriptures, when we understand meanings from, God, from God's word, we, God, the Holy Spirit reveals it to us, not for us to hold it to ourselves, but so we can share it with the body of Christ. So we all come up together. We all are edified in the body of Christ. That's what it's for. That's what God's word is for. See, it is, it, light is our guide, and so scripture is our light. It guides us in making right choices, right decisions. Now, the second truth we see here 
that Jesus teaches is that darkness has no power over light. Ever notice that? It can be totally dark and you light a match, boom, all of a sudden a bunch of darkness goes away. That is the nature of darkness. It has to flee out of the way of light. Regardless. And so how does light not do what it's supposed to do? When we cover it up. See, by nature, darkness can never overcome light. And so, and it's because of this, when, when light enters, darkness must flee, and everything that's hidden in the darkness now is exposed to the light. Common sense, isn't it? It tells us what our job is as Christians, right? We are a reflection of Christ's light. And wherever we go, it's going to expose darkness by removing that darkness and everything that was in darkness is now exposed. And sometimes people don't like that. See, the only way darkness overcomes light is when we hide it. See, the child of God is the only one who can hide your light. You are the only one that can hide the light of Christ in your life. I can't hide your light. Nobody else can. Only you can do that. Only I can hide the light of God in my life. Job 12, verses 4 and 5. Now, Job is one of those books, unless you're very careful, you can lead to a lot of mis- wrong theology. But in Job 12, 1, 4, and 5, it says, I am as one mocked of his neighbor. Now, why would he say that? Well, first of all, we know Job was a righteous man. Now, he wasn't sinless, but he was a righteous man. And God brought all these things on Job, not because Job did anything wrong, but yet all of his neighbors, his friends came over, but Job, you got you to repent. You did something. That's why all these things are happening to you. No, Job didn't do anything. God did it for his own purpose. One, to expose wrong theology that if you're doing well, God must be blessing you. If you're doing poorly, God must be, must be cursing you. Get rid of that, folks. We still live in that same theology today. <laughs> you know? Now, yes, if something goes badly, it goes wrong in your life, first thing we need to do is say, Lord, is there a sin? Is there something that's there? But that's between us and God. Many times God do, does these things for his purpose, for his glory. See, people have assumed Job had sinned horribly before God, which is, which is why all those things were taking place. But that wasn't the case. And so as it says, I am as one mocked of his neighbor who calleth upon God and he answers him. And just the just upright man is laughed to scorn. Isn't that true? If you're letting your light shine for Christ, many times you're going to get mocked. You're going to get really ridiculed. He that is ready to slip with his feet is as a lamp despised in the thought of him that is at at ease. And so again, it's showing that if you're trusting in God, hardships are going to happen. How many times do we as, as the lamp hide our lights? Because as Christina mentioned, you know, the little flashlight was afraid. What people might say. I look different. I sound different. We want to hide our lights because we fear being mocked or laughed at. 
knowing full well that those mocking us, folks, are on their way to hell unless we share the gospel with them. See, we need to see things from God's perspective. In John 3, verse 20, we see the nature of those in darkness. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Folks, that's our job. When we see darkness, we're to go right in the middle of it and let Christ's light shine through us. And yes, there will be those that may attack and ridicule and do all kinds of things against us, but there might be that one individual that turns to Jesus. That's what's important. See, when we look at that scripture, is their nature any different than ours before the light exposed who we were? No. Before we became Christians, we were doing the same things they were doing at different levels. Now, some people, quote, were good people, but still full sin in God's eyes until they came to know Christ. See, we are Christ's light, and therefore we must expose the darkness. We don't have a choice in that other than we cover up our light. See, that's our calling from Christ. It says, you are the light. That's our calling. A flashlight, she actually said, has one purpose, folks. And what do you do with a flashlight that doesn't work? You get rid of it. Or you change the light bulb or you put new battery. You, you get it to where it works. And if you can't get it to where it works, you throw it away. Because it's not doing its purpose. And when we as Christians, our light no longer is of any value to Christ. Believe me, just like our light of our salt is no longer of any value. We've lost our savor. It's trampled under men. God will take us to a point in our lives where our sin does lead us to death. That was happening in the Corinthian church when Paul talked to many of those Christians there in his first letter. Many, he said many had passed away because of sin. Doesn't mean they lost their salvation. It just means they're of no more use to Christ. Their testimony, their light, their salt was of no more value. And I don't want us to be in that situation. Acts 13, verse 47 says, For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. Our light is, has, one, has one purpose. And, I, and, and I, we'll get into that the next part of it, but, but the message of light is for salvation. Now that verse comes from Isaiah 49, verse 6, which says, And he said, it is a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles. See, that's the part that the nation of Israel always forgot about. Their mission of being a light to the Gentiles. What happened? What happened with the nation of Israel? They became so focused on themselves that they forgot their purpose was to be a light to the Gentiles. What's wrong with the church today? We become so focused on ourselves that we forget the mission of being a light to those that need Jesus Christ. Spreading the message. 
See, this is what's so important. We also see this in Jesus as the great teacher and savior of the world who brought life and immortality to light in his gospel. In John 1, 4, and 5, he says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. That's the purpose of light. Then it's our purpose when that light comes in and it's been removed and the darkness has been exposed. Now, they don't comprehend what's going on. we got to tell them what's going on so they can comprehend. See, this is, this, is, this is what we're looking at. It says, you are the light of the world now. Of the world. Now, that word world is the word cosmos. But understand this. In this context, it's referring to the inhabitants of the earth, mankind, who are in darkness. Okay? Who are in darkness. In Matthew 13, 38, we see the parable of the sower and the seed. And, and this verse is actually explaining that parable. It says, the field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. See, we have to understand we have a purpose. We're the good seed that was cast out. Okay? We're that seed. We're the children of the kingdom. And we have a purpose. 2 Corinthians 5.19, To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing the trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. What well, we talked about several Sundays ago, as a, as a Christian, one, of the, one ministry that every Christian has is that of reconciliation. We are to be that peacemaker that restores relationship first between a person and God and then between each other. That's our point. That's our, that's our, our purpose. And so that's, that's the truth about light. Light is a guide, and light dispels the darkness. The second thing about light is we need to understand the opportunity and responsibility light gives us. We have an opportunity, and we have a responsibility. In our text, it says, A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. And so the opportunity of light, its very presence opens many doors, allowing us to be witnesses, whether we want to be or not. You see, if we're not living for Christ the way we're supposed to be, we're going to be a witness, just a bad witness. Hopefully our light is shining forth and will be a good witness. But we're going to be a witness one way or another. And so the opportunity of light, very presence opens those doors, allowing us to be witnesses or to be reviled for righteousness' sake. There's going to be those that turn against us. In fact, I'm going to tell, be honest with you, you probably have more people to turn against you than will receive the word of God. Just be honest with you. Just be truthful with you. That's the way things go. Light doesn't discriminate what darkness is dispelled. You notice that? Light comes in, it 
kicks darkness out everywhere. Not just lights will come in. Well, I'm going to expose this darkness over here, but I don't want to mess with this darkness because that's part I'm, I'm, I'm playing with over here. No, light doesn't do that. Light dispels, exposes it all. It exposes it all. Everyone in the house received the effect or the benefit of being in the presence of light. And so again, it comes back. How bright is your light shining? Is my light shining? That's what it comes back to. Because the only way our, your light is dimmed is because we have dimmed it. And we've dimmed it because of sin in our lives. Just like salt lost its saltiness because of what impurities that were added, otherwise sin in people's lives makes the salt not as salty. Same thing is true in light. We are a reflection of Christ's glory. We are, if you will, a mirror that reflects Christ's radiance. When Moses came down from, from Mount Sinai after being with God for 40 days, Joseph, Jacob, or, um, Caleb had to come up and tell him, he didn't cover your head because <laughs> his face was radiant. It was shining with the radiance of God. That's what we should be like. I've read stories, not by the ones that happened to, but ones that saw it, about certain godly men who countenance was changed because of the presence of God in their lives. It always makes me wonder just how far I have to still have to go. <laughs> but it doesn't discriminate we got to make sure we're not dimming our light that our mirror is not all dirtied up to where the light of Christ cannot reflect off us like it needs to be okay Luke 11 33 and 36 says no man when he hath lighted a candle put it in the secret place neither under a bushel but on a candlestick that they which come in may see the light. The light of the body. Now here's the truth. Speaks about you and me. The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thy eye is single, it means wholly focused on Jesus. Thy whole body also is full of light. But when thy eye is evil, that means there's sin in your life that you're not dealing with. You're not confessing. You're not Writing those wrongs. And many times that means more than just, God, forgive me what I just did. But if your sin affected somebody else, you got to go make the, make the right with that person. Thy whole body is full of darkness. Take heed, therefore, that the light which is in thee be not darkness. If thy whole body, therefore, be full of light, having no part dark, the whole shall be full of light as when the bright shining of a candle doth give, light, give thee light. See, your presence around people, being exposed to your light, should bring change in their conduct because the light of Christ is exposing their sin, exposing their wrong actions. And if it doesn't bring change in their conduct, then they're going to turn around and attack you. Who do you think you are? Some holy Joe? 
You know, they're into all kinds of things, intimidation, whatever. Because your light is exposing their darkness. See, I mentioned, I think I mentioned this two weeks ago. If you go into a group of people and you're welcomed and they're all doing all these riotous type things, you can put your own additive on there that you want to say is happening and you feel and they welcome you there something's wrong with your light but if you show up and all of a sudden things start changing language starts to change people start apologizing oh I didn't mean to say that don't don't I like what the one author I read don't apologize to me you didn't use my name in vain apologize to God it's his name you put in, brought in vain. But if those th- things begin to happen, that means your light is shining bright. It's shining bright. See, our responsibility as light is simply to shine brightly. That's our opportunity. That's our responsibility. Simply shine brightly. Get all that stuff. Now, we're a reflection of Christ. So that mirror needs to be wiped clean and really spot, really polished up. Any little darkness you see there that would, that would help detract the light coming needs to be cleaned off, needs to be cleansed. That's talking about sin in our lives, folks. We're, so, we're good at the big sins. What about the little sins that nobody knows about? Those words that we say, and we know we meant as a derogatory, but they may not have caught it, but others may have caught I mean, all that kind of stuff. That's what we got to deal with. In Philippians 2, 14 to 16, it says, Do all things without murmurings and disputings. It's talking about complainers, okay? How many times do you have complainers around? Always complaining, but never bringing any result about anything. Churches are full of them. That ye be blameless and harmless, the sons of God. Without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. See, our conduct is to be without murmurings, without disputes, without rebuke. And that's not just talking about inside the church. That same attitude, those same conditions should be outside in in the world. It used to be that Christians, employers, you're a Christian, I want to hire you. Because I know I'd get a, I'd get a full ten days work out of ten days, ten hours of work out of you in eight hours. I mean, they, that's the way Christians were. For some reason, we're not that way anymore. For many, for many of us, some ways, oh, my right is this and this, folks. When's the, have you read word, word, in God's word who who we are? Do we have rights as Christians? We are slaves of Christ. That's a, that's a hard word. And I mean every part of that word slavery, that's what I mean, folks. We, our nation has a horrible, horrible history with, with, with slavery. But that, as Christians, that's what we are. We are slaves of Christ. 
We don't have rights. In fact, the Word of God says, whatever you do, do as unto the Lord. Forget all this stuff the world says. You have this right and that right, and well, you should, you, you, they, they owe you this. We're slaves of Christ. The world owes us nothing. In fact, we owe the world to be the brightest light, to be the saltiest person we can be so that we can share the gospel the most effectively to those around us. That's what we owe. All this other stuff is the world influencing us. And it's causing our light to dim and our salt to become unsalty. We need to shine bright. Ephesians 5, 6, and 7 says, Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers of them. There are so many passages in the New Testament talking about be separate, don't be apart. And that means even if Christians are the ones that are doing wrong, you separate yourselves from them. So important to understand this. Verse 9 of that text, Ephesians 5. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with unfruitful works of, the, of darkness, but rather reprove them. That means expose them. See, part of light is we don't have a choice of who we expose. If it's, if it's darkness, if it's sin, it has to be exposed. The biggest problem in the Southern Baptist Convention right now that I've, I've dealt with is past leadership just failed. Even though they, they knew what was going on, they failed to expose it. Well, we don't have any authority to do that in there because the way we're, we're organized and the way we're structured and our Robert's Rules of Order says this. My personal view, view this is just me. Robert's Rules of Order have quenched the Spirit of God in American church. Because instead of doing what's right and exposing the darkness, well, we've got to follow these, all these procedures, and you decide for yourself. See, we can't forget that we are in spiritual warfare, and our enemy is Satan and his darkness not the ones causing us hurt and pain, not that person that's attacking us. He's just been deceived by, by Satan. Our light needs to shine on that person's life. Instead of trying to get revenge on that person, we need to share the gospel with that person. And that leads us to the third thing about light. The message of light is to draw the world to Christ. We are to shine bright. Why? Yes, to expose sin. Yes, for the opportunities. Yes, for those, op those responsibilities. But the purpose is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with a lost and dying world. That's the purpose. Amen. I'm glad one person agrees. Amen. See, our light is a reflection of Christ's light. Jesus is the source. Not, I'm not the source. Jesus is the source. I'm just that mirror that reflects what he is shining. And I'll tell you what, if I'm facing Jesus, I'm looking at it, and I'm facing him, his radiance is great. But what happens when I turn my back? 
and I'm not looking at things of the world, what do I do now? I'm casting a shadow everywhere I go. Instead of being a reflection of Jesus' light, I'm now a shadow to his light. That's called sin in our lives. 1 John 1, 5 and 7 says, For this then is a message which we have heard of him and declaring to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, folks, that's the truth. Do you notice what he says there? If we walk in the light as he is in light, one, we're going to have fellowship. All, no murmurings, disputes, no, no, all that stuff goes out the door. That's a proof that we're walking in the light because we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse us of all sin. It means we're going to be a confessing body of believers, confessing our sins, getting them right. Fellowship and confession of sin. That's proof you're walking in the light. Otherwise, you're believing a lie. And so just like salt that, doesn't, that loses its flavor because of impurities that have been added, our reflection of Christ is dim because of sin that we have yet to take care of. See, verse 16 of our text says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And so why is, our clear reflect, why, why is the clear reflection so good, so important? That those exposed by the light will see your good works and glorify the Father. Not to say, look how good I am. No, they won't see you. They'll see Jesus. They'll see Jesus. 1 Peter 2.12 says, Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they have beheld, glorify God in the day of visitation. See, it's not, a, it's not about what people do to, do to me, what they say about me. It's about the light that, reflect, that I'm reflecting of Christ. And they'll know the truth. But now if what they're saying is true, we need, you need to deal with it. Sometimes the, some of the biggest growth I've come is from, from my, some of my enemies that spoke truthfully about me. I don't like to hear it. No one likes to hear it. But we need to yield to it if it's truth. John 8, 12 says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have light of life. And yet, sadly, there are so many whose lives have been infiltrated by the ways of the world that their salt and their light have become ineffective. But I'm, I'm going to tell you here, it's never too late. It's never too late. As long as you have breath, then God says, I can still use you. But when he says, I can't use you no more, that's when you breathe your last, that's when you breathe your last breath. So it's never too late. Get rid of the impurities. 
Confess the sin, right the wrongs, regardless of what it may cost you. Do that. Because if you don't, and you become one of those folks that so many whose lives have been infiltrated by the ways of the world that their salt and light have become ineffective. You become one of those people. Their lives do not glorify their Father which is in heaven. See, we, we must never forget, according to 1 Corinthians 6.20, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore, thereby glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And when suffering comes, remember what Peter said in 1 Peter 4.16. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. Well, I mentioned last time, what we want to praise God. Nothing better to praise God for other than when you're persecuted for the cause of Christ. That's when we're to praise God, folks. But I don't see that, even in my life, I don't see that type of praise taking place. And we have to ask ourselves the question, is my light shining bright or is it dim? See, our reward and our purpose is to glorify God in, in, in this life. And we do so by accomplishing all that he has called us to do. Again, Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Now that last part of the verse here. Is these are God's good works, not mine, not yours. Not the things I want to do. But it's good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. These are God's good works. Not mine, not yours. See, God's desire is to do His good works through each of us. But that cannot happen if we have lost our saltiness and our reflection is obscured because of sin. Folks, the reason sin is present is because we are not willing to allow the Holy Spirit of God to work out in us. Those beatitudes we talked about in, verse, in the first 12 verses. So that's the attitude that God places in, in, in a child of God. We can't do it on our own. God does it, and he brings us along. You see? God has to work out in us those beatitudes which Jesus taught so clearly as an absolute must in our lives. And the truth that those beatitudes are taking place in our lives is very clear. It's clearly seen. If those beatitudes are present and they're growing in us, then these two similitudes being salt and being light will be present in our lives. Our light will become brighter and the sun will become more and more salty. That is the proof that the Beatitudes are taking place.
If you don't see that, that's what the whole purpose of similitudes here, you know, is what we should be like. Are we like that? See, the truth of light keeps us from stumbling. Light is our guide. It overcomes the darkness. Opportunity and the responsibility of light is just simply to shine brightly as we confess our sin. And the message of the light is to draw all people to Jesus. Thank you for tuning into the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. For more information, visit our website at gbcak.org.